Well, moving on to the press review now, the threat to journalists in India is the focus of a lot of papers this Wednesday, and that comes after a report by around 30 different media outlets led by the nonprofit organization Forbidden Stories. Our press reviewer, Diptika Laurent, is here with more. Well, Aaron, uh, the Paris-based Forbidden Story nonprofit aims to continue, uh, the, and continue and publish the work of journalists who've uh, faced persecution in uh, their work as reporters, facing threats, facing prison, sometimes even murder. Their latest report uh, sheds light on the murder of an Indian journalist, Gauri Lankesh. She was uh, murdered in 2017 in Bangalore, just as she was about to publish a report on disinformation. Her report, titled In the Age of False News, looked at the rise of these uh, fake news websites which trafficked in rumors to spread disinformation in India. It ultimately cost her her life. And it, this is uh, the report you see on the website of Forbidden Stories. Now, Gary Lankesh was actually uh, the inspiration for um, the Forbidden uh, Stories uh, Forbidden Stories Story Killers Project, but she's sadly uh, just a part of a very large group of female journalists who routinely face persecution for their work. The Washington Post is looking at that today, uh, looking at uh, various female journalists who have faced uh, a, a persecution for their work. The Washington Post actually is part of uh, the 30 media outlets who collaborated with Forbidden Stories on this project, and the Washington report, uh, Washington Post reports that. Uh, according to a 2021 report of over 700 female journalists in 215 countries, 75% of these women reported facing uh, online abuse for their work. They're particularly susceptible to uh, death threats, rape threats, harassment, uh, verbal and online abuse, and occurring in countries uh, varied across the world from Brazil to India to Nigeria, Erin. Speaking of Nigerians, Dipti, they will be heading to the poll in 10 days' time to elect their new president. That's right. And predictions are it'll be possibly the tightest race in the history of Nigeria uh, and that they, there could be a very high voter turnout. Now, uh, the uh, current president, Mamadou Buhari, is not running, having, um, having basically maxed out the number of terms he can serve as president. Whoever the next president will be, however, will face a very acute crisis in the country, notably uh, an unprecedented cash and gas crisis. The cash crisis came as a result of a failed cash swap plan last year to encourage more people to bank their money and hold less cash. It's led to even more poverty among Nigerians. Uh, perhaps for these aforementioned uh, reasons, uh, this online website from Nigeria called Premium Times, which is sort of described as an alternative to the mainstream media in Nigeria, has uh, uh, warned that it's not impossible that this presidential race will be determined not by voters, but, I quote, by ethnic bigots, shamanists, and clerics who will ask, possibly coerce people, to vote in a certain way. What Nigeria needs, the paper says, is patriots, people who will put the country first. And right now, uh, there is a scarcity of such people. Without these guardians, uh, the website warns that violence could indeed overshadow these upcoming elections. Certainly a lot on the line for Africa's most populous country. We'll change gears then, Dipti, and head to the United States, where a train derailment in the state of Ohio, which led to a chemical spill, continues to bring devastating repercussions to inhabitants there. 
Well, it's a tragedy that garnered little media attention at the time. The New York Times has actually put together a timeline of exactly what happened. So this train derailment took place on February the 3rd. Uh, it derailed in East Palestine in Ohio. It's a small town of just under about 5,000 people. The train had been carrying chemicals and combustible materials, including vinyl chloride, which is particularly harmful to uh, to one's health. Now, uh, there have been no fatalities from the disaster, but residents have reported uh, feeling sick, having headaches since that uh, derailment. That's what this local paper, the Cincinnati Inquirer, reports. They've also complained of sick or dead animals, seeing sick or dead animals, and a strong odor that's still lingering in the air after that accident. Uh, they also feel that coupled with a lack of media attention uh, for a chemical spill in a very small part, a small town. The well-being of the community is not uh, has sort of taken a back seat, uh, at least in the eyes of the railway company, who are, who are more focused on trying to get their operations up and running. So these, re these residents in this town really speaking out about this disaster in order to ensure that the media spotlight stays on it. For this last story, Dipti, we're going to turn to something that perhaps hits close to home for a lot of us international experts, uh, expats in the French capital. That's the hit Netflix show Emily in Paris, apparently doing wonders in rehabilitating the image of Paris, at least for Americans. Yeah, it's surprising. Emily in Paris, the show that represents no one's life in Paris, let's be honest, is doing wonders in restoring Paris's reputation as a as a romantic, uh, beautiful, cool kind of capital. Uh, it, you know, Paris's reputation has taken a hit in recent times, so much so that the uh, Japanese actually have a term for it called Paris Shokugan, uh, which is sort of the post-traumatic stress of the disappointment when you realize that Paris is not what you imagined it to be. But perhaps thanks to Emily in Paris, that is all changing. Uh, according to a French... Uh, poll for a travel website, well, 70%, uh, uh, this was in uh, Le Figaro, 73% uh, of Americans see Paris in a positive light uh, compared to just 39% in 2007, Erin. And of that figure, 89% have seen Emily in Paris. Moreover, 83% of Americans believe that life uh, in Paris, in the show, reflects the real life of Par Parisians. That's perhaps more, more worrying because uh, there is very little in Emily in Paris that actually represents our real life. I mean, I think you just need to be here on, on a day of strikes to know what real life in Paris is. Indeed. I feel like this could be a vicious cycle where Americans are convinced by that show. They come back and then that Japanese syndrome comes back about the reality. <laughs> yeah, it's like Groundhog Day, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We'll see. We'll see as a public service announcement. Obviously, uh, Paris is a lot more of a complex city than, than what you right. see in Emily in Paris. Uh, Dipti Laurent, thank you very much for the press review.